Forever Dog. Welcome to Forever Dog. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on Forever Dog Plus by signing up at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. And make sure to follow us on social at Forever Dog Team and check out all of our podcasts at foreverdogpodcasts.com. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Welcome to Public Domain Theater. This week, Saki, a.k.a. H.H. Monroe's Gabriel Ernest and the Music on the Hill with Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, and guest Patrick Ellers. Welcome to Public Domain Theater, the podcast of highbrow readings and lowbrow commentary. I'm Lindsay Katai. And I'm Kelly Nugent. And today we have guest Patrick Ellers, beloved uh, <laughs> frequent guest on Teen Creeps, a comedian, podcaster, editor of Editor Com Punch. Co-host of Same Day Shipping and <laughs> Nintendo Cartridge sure Society. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> How are you doing, Patrick? I, I am doing well. I saw a guy on a scooter going the wrong way on on the street today. No, freaked me out a little bit. Oh my goodness! It was on my way over here. On the, well, we're in the land of one way streets. We are in yeah. the land of one way streets, so maybe he didn't know, and maybe he was like, "I'm on a scooter. I don't count as a car." Maybe he thought that. Wait, <laughs> question, question. Mm. Was it a Zippy scooter or a mobility scooter? Uh, like a zippy scooter. So it was like a it, Vespa. No, so less than oh, a Vespa, but I more than a Razor. Pictured mobility scooter, and I was horrified. <laughs> Very no. glad to hear it that wasn't. person's in trouble. <laughs> that person is definitely I was in like, trouble. Oh no! <laughs> no, this was he was like standing on it, but it had some kind of motor to it. Not quite a Vespa, not quite a Razor scooter. Okay. He was using it to like cheat the system. Be like, I don't have to do what the cars do. I don't have to do what the pedestrians do. Not quite a segue either. That's right. Okay. Speaking of segues, Some did you enjoy literature? <laughs> that was good. That was, that was Kelly. excellent. Kelly. Wow. Kelly. Kelly. Ooh, Kelly. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh. Uh, to answer your question, for a long, no. long time, no. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a very hard time reading when I was a kid. Um, and I was always paired up with... Um, the like absolute slowest reader in our class, um, whose name was Reed Nolan, was a good friend of mine. Hey, uh, Reed, I'm putting you on blast. What an ironic name. Right? Too <laughs> easy, though. So that's mm -hmm. that's probably why. Um, but I, I was a I was a smart kid, but kind of a slow reader. And so they would, when everyone else was like reading quietly, the teachers would send Reed and I out into the hall, and we would like read the book together, which was mostly me reading to him. <laughs> oh. What was the thought process there? I don't know. That he like, was like, that oh, I would... actually, I'm more of an auditory learner. <laughs> and you're like, that's funny. I, I learned from reading out loud. I learned from being lightly bullied by my friend, <laughs> which is what it, kind of what it ended yeah. up being, right? That like, the, I think the idea was that I would like pull him along through it. Like, Patrick's smart. He'll, you know, make this happen. Um, but like. You know, I was such a pushover as a, I'm a pushover now. I don't you know. You are why a I pushover now. Couch that in something else. You're a else. pushover. Say it. Say I'm it. a pushover. <laughs> okay. I'm a bad little boy. This is a normal interaction. Uh, so this has changed our relationship. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I am less of a pushover now than I was as a kid. You are. I've seen you stand up for yourself, and I'm proud of you in the times you do. Thank you, Kelly. You're I feel welcome. like it just Aww. happened right now. You did, Aww. and I I let you have it. Uh, so I think for a long time I had like a negative association with a reading. And B, reading out loud. 
So I'm uh, sorry to make you do this. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but I read it uh, a lot now. I've been on uh, your other show uh, a couple times to read those low dunk novels. Yeah. Um, And uh, I write about comic books on which I understand is like a book with an asterisk asterisk. (laughs) Um, But I'm very different. It's just a very different book. Uh, And, you know, so I'm reading like 20 comics a week or something like that for retcon punch and then writing about them. So. Uh yeah, I I I read an awful lot now and feel very comfortable with picture books. <laughs> <laughs> I well, just read uh, Action Comics one thousand. Are you guys gonna read Action Comics one thousand? It's the one thousand issue 1, of Action what? Comics. Ac- sorry, okay, this is gonna reveal what the fuck are you talking about? Action Comics <laughs> is. The comic in which Superman first appeared. Oh, I, you know what? Now that you say it, I'm like seeing the like the typography of mm-hmm. Action Comics. Where it's like 3D and like swooping at you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay, it, I'm aware. It's all <laughs> heard of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's all just Superman stories from creators old and new. And they have like some old like archival uh, drawings from like the 50s that were never actually published as Superman stories that they've repurposed into Superman stories. It's got the first uh, 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 Brian Michael Bendis uh, Superman story. Oh, interesting. Because Bendis is taking over the character in like July or something. And this is his very first story. He left Marvel Comics so he could come over to DC really? and, and write Superman. Um, and his first story about Superman ever is in Action 1000. Well, let me know how it goes. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. Cool. Sneak, sneak preview. Don't have super high hopes for it. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, no, I, I will not be reading that. Uh, you can text me and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Like, tell let us, us what know. you think. Just text you updates? Yeah. Okay. As, we'll as just let us know many how you people feel. have trouble reading, I have trouble reading comics. Mm. Like just the the format and the I'm trying to do both at once. I'd rather just get the words. Thank you. It mm. is it is hard. Do you when you read comics, do you find yourself just reading the words and just like ripping through it? No, I'll try to like okay. So I look at the I look at the f- picture mm-hmm. and then I read the words. Right. And then the next panel, I look at the picture. And then I read the words and I'm breaking it down too much so that I'm losing the flow of the story and it is not enjoyable. Yeah. And sometimes they'll do that thing, too, where like characters are having a conversation and there's like a running narration in like that little narration box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like one more level of like I'm trying to keep track of three things at one time. It's too much. Yeah. Too much. Not fun. For me, I just like I'll read especially I'll, I'll tend to breeze through them too quick because mm-hmm. I usually I'm like, oh, I really want to know what happens. So then I'll it'll take me like twice as long because I'll usually read all the dialogue on a page and then I'll be like, now if I have to look at the pictures and sometimes I don't know what's wrong with me. But like spatially, I can't understand what's happening sometimes. Me too. That's I mean, I'm like, wait, some, what? The, I'll be like, what is this? Storytelling image? is hard. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, even the people who are good at it, like sometimes aren't very good at it. Interesting. Like I, I've never had any trouble with that for um, Saga. Hmm. I didn't have any trouble with that. Fiona for that. Staples is a very clear She's storyteller. She's a very talented artist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but I've had it with other books. Like yeah. a couple times in Astonishing X-Men, I was like, what is this image? Like, I don't get what's happening. Well, there are a lot of like X-Men artists, especially like because X-Men can get like weird as fuck. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whenever they go into like the astral plane or, you know, anywhere in someone's consciousness, because like half the X-Men have telepathy um, yeah. that like. You know, uh, artists like Fraser Irving or there's a bunch of guys like that that are just draw these like totally weird like mindscapes yeah. that you like you can't 
it, they don't tell a story so much as like convey an idea. Yeah, or a feeling. Yeah. Um, and that that can be hard too when you're like, I just want to see who uh, who's punching juggernaut. I just want to know who's yeah. punching juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a similar feeling like if you're reading like fanfic that's like poorly written, especially when it gets steamy and they don't explain yeah. like. Who's the he in yeah. this? <laughs> and I'm also like, wait. His hands were coming from behind her, but now they're like at the front. So like, it, did they switch spots or like what's going on? Like, I get very confused. <laughs> I mean, I think comics and fan fanfic have the 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 shared quality that you are an active participant in reading it. Mm -hmm. You have to you see a picture, but you have to imagine connect those dots how that actually fits in that space. Just like you've got to imagine their boners and hard pecs and whatnot yeah. in fanfic. Well, like you have to imagine all of that stuff in a book too but somehow it's like i don't know i lose the flow it's mm -hmm. like interrupting my imagining mm -hmm. to me yeah because you've already imagined it so clearly in your head from the words and then yeah, it's like oh. it's like <sighs> divorcing my concentration from my imagination which really interferes with my with the flow of the story for me yeah you can't mm -hmm. go like pure imagination on a comic yeah because so much of it is already there for you well well now to get to something that definitely isn't a comic book. Give me that not comic book. <laughs> All right. So we're going to read two pieces by H.H. H. Monroe, a.k.a. Gabriel Ernest. Um, I have never heard of this guy. No, I'm, I'm sorry, neither. not a.k.a. Gabriel Ernest. I'm sorry. The, the first story we'd be reading is Gabriel Ernest. The second one is uh, m Music on the Hill. Hills, I have Hills, still Hill not music. heard of this guy. So okay, this is, AKA this is Saki. A... This is a very popular, um, the music on the hills, the second story we'll be reading, uh, AKA Saki. And this is apparently a very prolific short story writer. We've gotten a lot of suggestions for Saki stuff. And if you look up, as I was doing, best short <laughs> stories, public domain, um, there's a ton of like people suggesting Saki works. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited to delve into this. Is, is he like a, a oh. sci-fi guy? No idea. Uh, we do not know. We do Maybe not we'll know. find. Well, so we've got another uh, bio uh, compiled by producer Brett. That's the fun thing about the show is that we have not read it. Brett has. He vets it for guided us. Guided us to the story we will be reading and gives us a little bit of a bio. This is exciting. It's a try blind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. It's fun. I know. It's very fun. So let's like let's know a little bit about Saki. Please. Um, so H.H. H. Monroe is his name, pen name Saki. Uh, he was born in 1870 in Akya, British Burma, which was then still part of the British Raj. Um, <clears throat> it was governed from Calcutta under the authority of the Viceroy of India. He was the son of Charles Augustus Monroe, an inspector general for the Indian Imperial Police. Um, okay. In 1872, <laughs> on a home visit to England, his mother, Mary Monroe, was charged by a cow what? And the shock caused her to miscarry and yeah. she never recovered and soon died. Oh what? my God. <laughs> it was terrible being a woman. A cow? A cow, a cow, cow caused your miscarriage. Charged her. So then in 1896, he decides to move to London. He wants to be a writer. He does some journalism. He does some playwriting, but he found his calling as a short story writer. He wrote over 120 of these in his career. Wow. Most of them are four to five pages long. Um, very was, short stories. Very short. A blink. Flash fiction. Um, <laughs> Monroe was homosexual at a time in, when Britain, when in Britain, sexual activity between men was a crime. Um, after the downfall of Oscar Wilde and the Cleveland Street scandal, he decided that that part of his life had to be a secret. 
Uh, at the end of World War One, he was 43 and officially over age to enlist, but he refused a commission and joined as the second King Edward's horse as an ordinary trooper. Wait, he joined as a horse? <laughs> That's what Can I you heard. do that? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> mm, this seems like a horse. <laughs> He's like, I'm a super straight horse. <laughs> <laughs> I have to hide the fact that I'm gay and a man. <laughs> That's a pretty good cover. If you're trying to straight horse, yeah. he's like just try- he's like you know what the like, horse thing will be what everyone's just fixating on. Right. Like that's all they'll care about. Steve like, seems exceptionally heterosexual. <laughs> you know that guy's a guy, right? Yeah, but he's probably straight. <laughs> as long as he's straight, I don't care if he's a horse. So then he transfers to the twenty second battalion of the Royal Fusiliers. Hope I said that right. In which he rose to the rank of Lance Sergeant. Oh, so then he was like, I'm not a horse anymore. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a real life man. Do they promote horses to men? Uh, Is that yeah. like a normal yeah. track for the army, for the British army? I guess so. Yeah. I have two siblings in the U.S. Army, but I don't know anything about the, the, the British, British Army. British, I have no idea. Goes horse, man, chimney sweep. Oh, that feels like a demotion to me. And then king. In the king. Yeah. I was trying to king I think right above Scotland Jimmy's Yard sweep. might come in between where you just are Scotland Yard. Oh, that's a special like and branch. Oh yeah, you oh, have yeah. to specialize when oh, okay. you're back back in your horse days, you have to start that specialization there. Yeah. If you didn't know that early on, you are never going to become Scotland Yard. No. Yeah. There no. are many kings who too- wish that they had known earlier. Yeah. Well, too bad. Um more than once, this guy keeps going back to the battlefield when officially too sick or injured. He keeps going back. <laughs> Then in November 1916, he was sheltering in a shell cradle. Sorry. He was sheltering in a shell crater near Beaumont Hamel, France, during the Battle of the Ancre. He was killed by a German sniper. According to several sources, his last words were, put that bloody cigarette out. Badass. Uh, but also, like, he's probably like, stop, they can see us. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and then he gets I killed. I feel like I've heard this story before. Yeah. Put that Poor bloody c- cigarette out. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing that's funny. Put that bloody cigarette out. I'm straight. (laughs) (laughs) He's clearly like narking on his friend, right? Who's smoking a cigarette and being like, guy's just trying to enjoy the war, right? (laughs) I think so. But I think he also is like most like, I bet it was at night. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they can see the butt of your cigarette. Stop. Right. And the guy's like, I'm just trying to be a cool guy. I'm just trying to chill. And he's like, and Saki's like, it's against the rules. <laughs> he's like, they said once the sun goes down, <laughs> all cigarettes have to be put out. Wait, did you join as a horse? <laughs> no, I'm not going to listen to some like low rank horse. <laughs> I was born as a man. <laughs> and then they're both charged by a cow. <laughs> oh, God. So sad. That's so sad. That's horrifying. That's the saddest part of this story. So sad life. The mom. I. I, well, I have that and having to li- live as a closeted gay yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of sad and stuff And getting here. shot by a German sniper. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And like like trying to keep going back to war when you're sick because like you don't really have anything else going on. That's what you think? You think Death Wish? That like or he kept maybe, re-enlisting? Well, because he just kept going back he was out. Just that devoted to the crown. Or maybe he had someone that he loved that was out there. He's like, I gotta be with them. Maybe he was telling a lover to put their cigarette out. Oh, and then maybe he threw himself in front of them. Yeah, maybe. We'll never know. I bet that was it. Okay, ready? We're that's gonna a nice start. story. <laughs> that's a nice story. I like that story. Oh, that's a nice story. <laughs> okay. Is my mom here? <laughs> yes. Oh, hi. <laughs> if my mother was here, she would say, after almost any fun thing that we would say, 
pretty weird, pa. <laughs> okay, is that to you, Patrick? Yes. Pa? Pa. pa, pa, Not pa. pretty weird, pa. Mm-mm. Pretty, pretty weird, weird, pa. Wow. We don't know how it's spelled, pa. P a h. Oh, Al. Pa. <laughs> I think it's p a a h. Yeah, pa. Mm. And then maybe there's like umlaut over one of those a's. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. Our first story is Gabriel Ernest. There is a wild beast in your woods, said the artist Cunningham, as he was being driven to the station. It was the only remark he had made during the drive. But as Van Cheel had talked incessantly, his companion's silence had not been noticeable. A stray fox or two and some resident weasels. Nothing more formidable, said Van Cheel. I feel like I could take a couple of weasels. Yeah. Right, just like one-on-one. If we were playing Far Cry, you could get killed by a weasel. Oh. Um, the artist said nothing. What did you mean about a wild beast? <laughs> said Van Chiel later when they were on the platform. Later. He's later. just been thinking about it. He's been sitting for hours and he's like, what the fuck wild is he beast. talking wild about? He never beast. responded to me about the hunting thing. <laughs> and he's like, he did not a respond. Drive. Nothing. My imagination. Here's the train, said Cunningham. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you artsy-fartsy motherfucker. <laughs> that afternoon, Van Cheel went for one of his frequent rambles through his woodland property. He had a stuffed bit- bittern in his study, and he knew the names of quite a number of wildflowers, so his aunt had probably some justification in describing him as a great naturalist. At any rate... Code for gay. Code for, code for gay. Great naturalist. Such a great naturalist. You know. <laughs> At any rate, he was a great walker. It was his custom to take mental notes of everything he saw during his walks. I'm great at things. (laughs) Not so much for the purpose of assisting contemporary science as to provide topics for conversation afterwards. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I I don't want to have to spend any time with this guy. No, this guy's tiring. (laughs) When the bluebells began to show themselves in flower, he made a point of informing everyone of the fact. The season of the year might have warned his hearers of the likelihood of such an occurrence, but at least they felt that he was being absolutely frank with them. What Van Cheel saw on this particular afternoon was, however, something far removed from his ordinary range of experience. On a shelf of smooth stone overhanging a deep pool in the hollow of an oak coppice, a boy of about 16 lay asprawl, drying his wet brown limbs luxuriously in the sun. Oh. Nice. Wait, is this the beast? Is it the beast? Is it the beast? It could be. Oh, shit. Little pre-beast. (laughs) Pre-beast. His wet hair, parted by a w- recent dive, lay close to his head, and his light brown eyes, so light that there was an almost tigerish gleam in them, were turned toward Van Cheel with a certain lazy watchfulness. It was an unexpected apparition, and Van Cheel found himself engaging in the novel process of thinking before he spoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Van Cheel, you asshole. (laughs) Where on earth could this wild-looking boy hail from? The miller's wife had lost a child some two months ago, supposed to have been swept away by the mill race. But that had been a mere baby, not a half-grown lad. (laughs) So his first thought is, maybe this is a baby that grew up really fast? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, well, me... Well, there was a baby. baby. (laughs) Maybe it's... Maybe... It's no, but the preview. But maybe it but is. He's not a baby. <laughs> I'm known for my thinking. So I'm just gonna speak. I'm just gonna speak. Just gonna speak. <laughs> what are you doing there? He demanded. <laughs> Obviously sunning myself, replied the boy. Where do you live? <laughs> Here, in these woods. You can't live in the woods. 
said Van Cheel, another Van classic Cheel. Kelly character. <laughs> they are very nice woods, said the boy, oh. with a touch of patronage in his voice. Where do you sleep at night? I don't sleep at night. That's my busiest time. Van Cheel began to have an irritated feeling that he was grappling with a problem that was eluding him. Vanchiel's a fucking idiot. Vanchiel's an idiot. No, it gets so much the worse. The writer is like, this guy's a fucking idiot. What do you feed on? He asked. <laughs> Flesh, Hold said on. the boy. Oh, what? And he pronounced the word with slow relish as though he were tasting it. Oh my he must goodness. have known that that was the answer he was going to get yeah. because he said, "What do you, you what do you feed on? feed on?" Otherwise, you just say, "What, what do, do you eat? eat?" Yeah. Well, he was saying he hunts. <laughs> uh, well, what, what did you guys feed on earlier earlier today? Oh, I had a cheese enchilada. I've I've yeah. fed on a cheese enchilada. I fed on a roasted uh, chicken and pesto sandwich. Oh, what did you feed on? Uh, I, I fed on some uh, eggs and toast. Cool. See, none of us said flesh. Flesh. <laughs> I fed on a cheese enchilada. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> flesh. What flesh? <laughs> Since it interests you. Wait, can you be uh, like the high anxiety Jerry Seinfeld? Flesh. What, what flesh? <laughs> yes. Okay, great. Now we know. I'll do that from now on. <laughs> Since it interests you, rabbits, wild flies. Fowl, hares, poultry, lambs in their season, children when I can get any. Whoa, They're usually dude. too well locked in at night when I do most of my hunting. Just not the Miller, the Miller's wife? This is oh. symbolic AF. Yeah. It's quite two months since I tasted <laughs> child flesh. Ignoring the chafing nature of the last remark, Van Shield <clears throat> tried to draw the boy on the subject of possible poaching operations. <laughs> God. Chafing. You're talking rather through your hat when you speak of feeding on hares. <laughs> it's a struggle there. They don't all have to be like that. Considering the nature of the boy's toilet, the simile was hardly an apt one. Our hillside hares aren't easily caught. At night, I hunt on four feet, was the somewhat cryptic response. I suppose you mean that you hunt with a dog? Hazarded Van Cheel. The boy rolled slowly over onto his back and laughed a weird low laugh. You're an idiot. <laughs> that was pleasantly like a chuckle and disagreeably like a snarl. <laughs> so yeah, he was like, <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, what is this laugh? He hunts on all oh, fours. Chasing. He hunts on all fours. <laughs> Symbolic AF. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't fancy any dog would be very anxious for my company, especially at night. Vanshiel began to feel there was something positively uncanny about the strange-eyed, strange-tongued youngster. <laughs> okay. I can't have you staying in these woods, he declared authoritatively. I fancy you'd rather have me here than in your house. It's the beast inside said the boy. Us all. Are you kidding me? The boy, boy, what are you? Come, boy, come on, why, come on. Why are you feasting? You'd rather I'm have me here than in your I house. Get my shadow to stick. <laughs> <laughs> the prospect of this wild, nude animal in Van Cheel's primly ordered house was certainly an alarming one. Is that a detail that we glossed over before? Boy is nude. No, he's. We knew. Yeah, we did gloss over before. He's nude. Boy but is nude. It, there was. Like, oh, bare skinned. And He's like tan. Tan and 
And sure, his and skin he is, is shining. He's sunning. He's sunning. He was just swimming. Mm-hmm. I guess my imagination was just modest. Oh yeah, you pictured mm-hmm. him in like a Trunks. swimming dress. <laughs> yeah, I pictured him in a little loincloth. <laughs> Me too. Like a little, or maybe just like a leaf. <laughs> just like a leaf laying on his. He, he's Adam. Drone. He's the original he's man. Queen Ray. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't go, I shall have to make you," said Van Cheel. The boy turned like a flash, plunged into the pool, and in a moment had flung his wet and glistening body halfway up the bank where Van Cheel was standing. Oh, damn. In an otter, the, mo- the movement would not have been remarkable. <laughs> in a boy, Van Cheel found it sufficiently startling. His foot slipped as he made an involuntary backward movement, and he found himself almost prostrate on the slippery, weed-grown bank with those tigerish yellow eyes not very far from his own. Almost instinctively, he half raised his hand to his throat. The boy laughed again, a laugh in which the snarl had nearly driven out the chuckle. (laughs) And then, with another one of his astonishing lightning movements, plunged out of view into a yielding tangle of weed and fern. And he just jumps into the bushes? Astonishing lightning movements! (laughs) I'm the boy! What an extraordinary wild animal, said Van Cheel as he picked himself up. It was a boy, you <laughs> dumbass. It was a boy. And then he recalled. you are attracted to. No, yeah, yes. you are heavily attracted to him. He is symbolic of the homosexual leanings within you. And that you try and keep them hidden in the woods, but he keeps saying, I'm sure you'd rather just have it in your house. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Van Cheel. Van Cheel. Van Cheel. And then he recalled Cunningham's remark. There's a wild beast in your woods. Walking slowly homeward, Van Cheel began to turn over in his mind various local occurrences which might be traceable to the existence of this astonishing young savage. Something had been thinning the game in the woods lately. Poultry had been missing from the farms, hares were growing unaccountably scarcer, and complaints had reached him of lambs being carried off bodily from the hills. Hold on. How is he, like, putting this together? Like, the boy said, I'm eating all of these things. He's like... Hold on a tick. I think I figured something out. Things have been eaten, of which are the same, and the forest, and the boy said that he... And that mm, man said there's a beast something, Van in Chiel. the forest. He's like, Van Cheel, you've done it again. <laughs> Van Cheel, world's worst detective. <laughs> was it possible <laughs> that this wild boy was Hunting the countryside in company with some clever poacher dogs? He had spoken of hunting four-footed by night, but then again, he had hinted strangely at no dog. He didn't hint. He He said, said, I don't hunt with a dog. Yeah, that's that's pretty cut and dry. At no dog caring to come near him, especially at night. It was certainly puzzling. And then, as Van Chill ran his mind over the various depredations that had been committed during the last month or two, he came suddenly to a dead stop. Alike in his walk and his speculations. <laughs> the child missing from the mill two months ago. The what? accepted theory was that it had tumbled into the mill race and been swept away. He only thought of the one baby at first, and now he's like, oh, right. <laughs> I think that other one. I think this he is, is the same baby. Still talking about the same baby. Yeah. He's saying maybe he's a baby. No, no, no. Oh, now- no. He's saying the baby got et. Yes. But the mother had always declared she heard a shriek on the hillside of the house in the opposite direction from the water. It was what? unthinkable, of course, but he wished that the boy had not made that uncanny remark about child flesh eaten two months ago. Such dreadful things should not uh, even be said in fun. Is, is that a strange thing for him to wish? No. 
I think you definitely don't want someone to be like, oh, by the way, I also eat the flesh of children. Soup's normal wish. He's like, mm, stop me if I'm crazy. <laughs> like, he shouldn't have said that, he right? That was like weird, as right? As much as we Um... <laughs> I wish he hadn't said that. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. I don't do. know. I'm just like feeling it know. out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like, know. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. Like I've yeah. seen a lot of reactions and like I'm just trying to, I don't know where I land. <laughs> look, look, here's the thing. I'm very dumb. I have a very <laughs> low IQ. I am still grasping at what's going on. I don't know if that's a strange thing to wish or not. You tell me, person who's not an idiot. <laughs> Fanchiel contrary to his usual want, did not feel disposed to be communicative about his discovery in the wood. What? what? Well, wonders never cease. His position as a parish counselor and justice of the peace seemed somehow compromised. They the, gave him those they, positions? He, you know what? I think they just tell him that. He's a village idiot. And they're like, yeah, that's right. You're the justice of the peace. And we the come parish to you to uh, get married. counselor. Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, uh, they're yeah. like, they're thesaurus. Counselor. And your domain is the woods. <laughs> and he's like, oh, jolly gee, Willikers, I can't wait to tell them about the bluebells. <laughs> he's such a great naturalist. <laughs> You're so good at walking. <laughs> and you're Great talker. <laughs> was some his position as a parish counselor and justice of the peace seemed somehow compromised by the fact that he was harboring a personality of such doubtful repute on his property. There was even a possibility that a heavy bill of damages for raided lambs and poultry might be laid at his door. <laughs> Just well, doesn't want to pay for it. <laughs> At dinner that night, he was quite unusually silent. Where's your voice gone to? Said his aunt. One would think you had seen a wolf. I I hate it in stories where people go, well, you might just think that you saw the exact thing that you saw. <laughs> but that's great. I'm being, I'm exaggerating for comedic effect, but hitting on it. I mean, that's like pro too prophetic and too cute. Like yeah. that's yeah. She knows. <laughs> she she knows. fucking knows that, about this guy. She orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. Van Chiel, who was not familiar with the old saying, thought the remark <laughs> rather foolish. Van Chiel is such an idiot. He's just like mm, not familiar. <laughs> is is that I'm an old saying? You look like you've weird. seen a wolf. No, I've never heard that. A ghost. Yes, you yeah. look Unless, like you've seen a ghost. I guess it used to be a saying. If he had seen a wolf on his property, his tongue would have been extraordinarily busy with the subject. <laughs> At breakfast next morning, Van Cheel was conscious that his feeling of uneasiness regarding yesterday's episode had not wholly disappeared, mm. and he resolved to go by train to the neighboring cathedral town, hunt up Cunningham, and learn from him what he had really seen that had prompted the remark about a wild beast in the woods. Man, he could have... Today, text. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't he, even have to take a train. He has to go on a train today. to a cathedral town. Snap, uh, snap a photo of that Oh, boy. Snapchat. Yeah. Probably Snapchat that boy. Snapchat that boy. <laughs> Put the little puppy face on him. <laughs> <laughs> it would just look exactly oh, the same. Shit, it's a wolf. <laughs> you look as though you've seen a wolf. With this resolution taken, his usual cheerfulness partially returned, and he hummed a bright little melody as he sauntered to the morning room for his customary cigarette. As he entered the room, the melody made way abruptly for a pious invocation. Huh? Gracefully a sprawl on the ottoman, and what? an attitude of almost exaggerated repose. Is that the fucking boy? The boy. Was the, the boy. boy of the, the boy? boy. Oh the boy is in his fucking house. Oh, shit's about to get 
steamy. What? No one spread his dad wasn't looking for it. He is the boy. He is the boy. No, the boy is his sexuality. It's everywhere. He can't hide from it. We are all boy. Hashtag we are boy. We are boy. Hashtag we are boy. He was drier than when Van Cheele had last seen him. Okay. But no other alteration was noticeable. I noticed your dryer. Toilet. His toilet. Does that mean his look? I'm not sure. Or like in his cleanliness. Yeah, maybe. Toiletries. So it means like hygiene. A personal appearance. I don't know. What did he say about his toilet? Uh, Drier. No other alteration was noticeable apart from being drier. Okay. Wetness. So he's still nude. He's dry and nude. (laughs) Degree of wetness was registering with this idiot. (laughs) We can't depend on much more. Vangiel. Oh, Vangiel. How dare you come here? Asked Vangiel furiously. You told me I was not to stay in the woods, said the boy calmly. But not to come here. Supposing my aunt should see you. And with a view to minimizing that catastrophe, Vanchiel hastily obscured as much of his unwelcome guest as possible under the folds of a morning post. Wait, so he just like threw a he newspaper threw on a him? newspaper on his <laughs> junk. <laughs> my He's aunt like, can't see you. Get a newspaper on your peen. <laughs> put, put this on. <laughs> it's still folded though? Put this on. Folded? Uh, you fool. <laughs> this is reading material. <laughs> Oh, I oh, thought it was a pair of shorts. <laughs> he's going to read that D. Oh. oh, yeah. At that moment, his aunt entered the room. Oh, no. This is a poor boy who has lost his way. Oh, man. And lost his memory. He doesn't know who he is or where he comes from, explained Van Cheel desperately. Van Cheel. Glancing what? <laughs> apprehensively at the waif's face to see whether he was going to add inconvenient candor to his other savage propensities. Oh my god. What is he afraid the kid is going to say other than I eat children and then they can like take yeah, action against he could, him? He could literally just be like, I don't know what the fuck this guy is doing in my house. Like, who I is do. this? But you guys, he's very stupid. I know, he's very stupid. Van he's Chiel. very Poor Van stupid. Chiel. Miss Van Cheel was enormously interested. <laughs> She's like, oh my fucking God. Oh, wow. me everything. And Christmas came early. <laughs> you even wrapped it in some <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> Perhaps his underlinen is marked, she suggested. Underlinen? His underpants. underpants. I She's going to try and France. look underneath the... The boy is not wearing underpants. Oh my God, she's going to lift up the paper. And then she's going to be like, Sonny with a chance of meatballs. Oh, this gets fun. Oh, God. Where would the meatballs come from if it's a sunny day? You need clouds, Kelly. I'm sorry. (laughs) Flash flood. (laughs) I never want to hear flash flood in in regard to a butt ever again. (laughs) He's eating all that raw meat. It's not good. (laughs) He's like, I'm very ill. <laughs> no. I'm sick. I'm confused. No. <laughs> no. Okay, what happens? He seems to have lost most of that too, said Van Oh my god. Making frantic little grabs at the morning post to keep oh, it no. in its place. Oh my god. He's like jerking him off. He's like, oh god, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh I'll just grab uh, it. Oops, oops. <laughs> a naked homeless child appealed to Miss Van Cheel as warmly as a stray kitten or derelict puppy would have done. Huh. We must do all we can for him, she decided. And in a very short time, a messenger dispatched to the rectory, where a page boy was kept, had returned with a suit of pantry clothes and the necessary accessories of shirt, shoes, collar, etc. Pantry clothes? Pantry clothes? 
what kind of rich nonsense is this? I, pantry I clothes? The rectory keeps pantry clothes. Oh, wait, the rectory? Oh, I yeah. guess that makes is sense. Is it like, like a Like a uh, homeless or like a, oh, that they would have like resources my, like food or. Yeah, 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 my yeah. guess is it's because if, if a messenger was dispatched to the rectory where a page boy was kept, maybe they're page boy clothes. Page boy. Okay. Like they might just be like, it might have said this in a weird way, but it's like returned with a set of clothes they got from the pantry. Okay. <laughs> like I'm still he like, went to the cupboard and got I'm some still clothes. mostly question marks, but I think I get it. Mm-hmm. They looked behind the box of Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> and there's like a little found an outfit. And they're a like, oh, outfit. it turned out go. we bought three little jars of crushed red pepper because we kept forgetting mm-hmm. that we That's already right. had them. There are some pantry clothes. <laughs> Clothed, clean, and groomed, the boy lost none of his uncanniness in Van Sheel's eyes, but his aunt found him sweet. We must call him something till we know who he really is, she said. Why don't they talk to him? Gabriel Ernest, I think. Those are nice, suitable names. Van Sheel agreed, but he privately doubted whether they were being grafted onto a nice, suitable child. His misgivings were not diminished by the fact that his staid and elderly spaniel had bolted out of the house at the first incoming of the boy and now obstinately remained shivering and yapping at the farther end of the orchard. While the canary usually is vocal. Oh, God, it's like this is like fucking a book we just read on Tear Creeps. uh, uh, One Evil Summer. Yeah, where all the animals fucking hate them. Yep. That means he's evil. Obviously. He's going to eat him. Don't make him Mm. evil. do we have another fucking short story where pets are injured, Brett? Oh, no. Brett? Brett is... Okay. He no, he's, no. he's shaking okay. his head yes. no. Because I'm about God. to scream. Uh, I just wanted to pause uh, on the phrase, the the coming of the boy, the incoming of the boy. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> the, incoming the incoming of, of the boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> While the canary, usually as vocally industrious as Van Sheel himself, had put itself on an allowance of frightened cheeps. More than ever, he was resolved Man. to consult Cunningham without loss of time. No, oh my God. He's no. like, I got to get to Cunningham. <laughs> and the canary's like, all right, two more cheeps. I'm going to do two more yeah. cheeps. All right, three, three. I can do three. <laughs> As he drove off to the station, his aunt was arranging that Gabriel Ernest should help her to entertain the infant members of her Sunday school class no. at tea that afternoon. He's going to eat them. He's going to eat them. Uh, <laughs> Cunningham was an not at first disposed to be communicative. Oh, man. My mother died of some brain trouble, he explained, so <laughs> you will understand why I'm averse to dwelling on anything of an impossibly fantastic nature that I may see or think that I have seen. Mm. Come on, oh, just okay. come out with it, Cunningham. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I saw boys eating stuff. Yeah, but maybe he's like, it may have been like a... A hallucination thing because my mom had this brain he thing. He knows it runs in the family. He, yeah, he's like, oh God, it's just a matter of time, right? Mm-hmm. My grandfather had Alzheimer's. I'm terrified of the day that Aww. like my mind starts to slip, and the only way to like get anything out of me is like put a Super Nintendo controller in my hand. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> that's, that's what so it's gonna sad. be. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Hopefully, by that time, it's like they've had advances. You know what I mean? In what? Oh, in medicine, like, yes. shit. In brain. And like, just like a play Sudoku or something. I thought you were going to be like, you'll have a PlayStation 5 controller. In your oh, <laughs> nice. That's all we'll have reached by that point. How old are you? Are you 72? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what did you see? Persisted Van Cheel. Oh, my God. What I thought I saw was something so extraordinary that no really sane man could dignify it with the credit of having actually happened. I was standing the last evening I was with you. 
half hidden in the hedge growth by the orchard gate, watching the dying glow of the sunset. Suddenly, I became aware of a naked boy, a bather from some neighboring pool. Oh my God. I Why took him to be. bathing. He loves to bathe. Who was standing out on the bare hillside, also watching the sunset. He was as nude as the hill was he bare. He was as nude and as And how the... wet would you say he was? <laughs> oh, yeah. His <laughs> toilet. degree of wetness. His pose was so suggestive of some wild fawn of oh. pagan myth that I instantly <laughs> wanted to engage him as a model. Wow, what the hell? Nice this book or nice. story. And in another moment, I think I should have hailed him. But just then, the sun dipped out of view and all the orange and pink slid out of the landscape, leaving it cold and gray. And at that same oh. moment, an astounding thing happened. The boy vanished, too. Oh, my God. What? Vanished away into nothing? <laughs> Asked Van Cheel excitedly. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen Tim now. Tim Allen, yeah. <laughs> we'll just cycle through yeah. 90 sitcom characters. Cunningham is uh, just his, it's the neighbor that, whose face you never oh, see. Oh, Watson. Watson. Watson? That's not right. Wilson. 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 I was like, Who's yeah, Watson? Watson. Wait, no? Oh. Sherlock? Oh, Sherlock Elementary. <laughs> Elementary. The Elementary. worst detective and the best detective. <laughs> That's a team up I want to see is uh, Van Cheel and Sherlock. And, oh, Van Cheel. <laughs> no, that is the dreadful part of it, answered the artist. On the open hillside where the boy had been standing a second ago stood a large wolf, blackish in color with gleaming fangs and cruel yellow eyes. You may think, but Van Cheel did not stop for anything as futile as thought. Already he was tearing at top speed towards the station. Oh my god, he just sprints away. He ran. Mid-sentence from, what's the other guy? Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, his his legs started spinning uh, like he's in a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Yeah. And then, (laughs) he just ran all the way home. He ran from that neighboring cathedral town. And wee, 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 all the way home. He could have just been texting this. Seriously. (laughs) He could have texted the, like, like, the little air poof. (laughs) <laughs> that means that you ran away or a fart. <laughs> is, is there a, a good emoji for boy is werewolf? You do like um, boy face and then dog. Yeah, and then dog. Boy face dog. Boy face or dog. You do, no, you do. Oh, here's what you do. You yeah. do sun and then boy and then moon, moon and then dog. That's good. And you separate them by a semicolon. Yeah. That's good. Perfect. That's Great. good. You did it. Thanks. He dismissed the idea of a telegram. Gabriel Ernest is a werewolf was hopelessly inadequate effort at conveying the situation. And his aunt would think it was a code message to which he had omitted to give her the key. His one hope was that he might reach home before sundown. The cab which he chartered at the other end of the railway journey bore him with what seemed exasperating slowness along the country roads, which were pink and mauve with the flush of the sinking sun. Flesh. His aunt was putting away some unfinished jams and cake when he arrived. Where's Gabriel Ernest? He almost screamed. <laughs> He's taking the little toop child home, said tube? his aunt. Sorry. Toop. 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 It's, it's a name. T-O-O-P. Toop. Yeah. Like, like, I'm Jimmy Toop. I thought you were saying tube child. Yeah, me too. Like a child that has to be kept in a tube. Yeah. Bubble boy. Mm-hmm. Bubble boy. Bubble boy. Oh, my God. So much Seinfeld tonight. Yeah. He's taking the little tube child home, said his aunt. It was getting so late, I thought it wasn't safe to let it go back alone. Doesn't it? Let it? Yeah. All right. Maybe they refer- aunt. They've referred to children as you know it what? before yeah. in Maybe this story. Maybe there were a lot more, um, like, let the child pick their 
Oh. Pick their pronouns. Very progressive. Sure. Let's be generous. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's think oh. nicely of these people. Yeah, even though if that wasn't at all the case. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I thought it wasn't safe to let it go back alone. What a lovely sunset, isn't it? But Van Cheel, although not oblivious of the glow in the western sky, did not stay to discuss its beauties. <laughs> at a speed for which he, he oh, was... God. Again, yeah. he's sprinting away. He's sprinting everywhere. <laughs> At a speed for which he was scarcely geared, he raced along the oh narrow God. lane that led. He's like, whoa! <laughs> Is he like a little bit tubby? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Now I love it. He's so good at walking, though. Yeah, exactly. He's a great naturalist. Yeah, he's a great naturalist. He's just like a little nerdy boy. Yeah, he's a nerdy boy. Yeah, we would probably, I we would probably see a lot of ourselves in yeah. him if we met in real life. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also, he's dumb. Yeah. He's very dumb. At a speed for which he was scarcely geared, he raced along the narrow lane that led to the home of the Toops. On the one side ran the swift current of the mill stream. On the other rose the stretch of bare, bare hillside. The dwindling rim of red sun showed still on the skyline. And the next turning must bring him in view of the ill-assorted couple he was pursuing. Then the color went suddenly out of things, and a gray light settled itself with a quick shiver over the landscape. Vanchiel heard a shrill wail of fear and stopped running. Oh, sorry. It very abruptly ended before it seemed like it was going to. <laughs> so you really get the climax of the oh, book. Oh, my God. Was it like a lot more stuff at the bottom? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. <clears throat> Nothing was ever seen again of the Toop Child or Gabriel Ernest, but the latter's discarded garments <gasps> were found lying around the road. <gasps> Wait. So, the latter. Wait, so, wait, Toop or Gabriel? So Gabriel's clothes. Gabriel's clothes. Okay. <clears throat> so it was assumed that the child had fallen into the water and that the boy had stripped and jumped in in a vain endeavor to save him. Van That's Chiel fucking fake. Why do they fucking think that? Why would they think that? What else are you going to think? I don't know. <sighs> this this nude orphan boy kidnapped our child. <laughs> he stripped Turned into first. a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Van Cheel and some workmen who were uh, who were nearby at the time testified to having heard a child scream loudly just near the spot where the clothes were found. Classic. Connected? Maybe. <laughs> Wait, really? No, Is that's that me. That's... Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, the story took just a weird tone. Weird self-aware. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mrs. Toop, who had eleven other <laughs> who had eleven other children. Uh, so she's like, whatever. Whatever. Was she's decently like, oh, resigned God. to her bereavement. <laughs> Oh, oh man. She's but, like, I couldn't really afford that one anyway. That's why I never named him and we just called him it. <laughs> and this was how the story the child called it uh -huh. was named. <laughs> Mrs. Van Cheel uh, sincerely mourned her lost foundling. It was on her oh, initiative my. that a memorial brass was put up in the parish in the parish church to quote Gabriel Ernest, an unknown boy who bravely sacrificed his life for another. Unquote. Van Cheel gave way to his aunt. What? In most things, but he flatly refused to subscribe to, to the Gabriel Ernest Memorial. Wait, so he just didn't go? Maybe he's he like, I think maybe he, did, he didn't he refuse give to any subscribe money to, it. to it. Oh, I see. I he see. He didn't want any part of their newsletter. <laughs> this is subscribe. it. That's, it. Yeah, that's, that's how the it. story ends. That's why I went, oh, uh oh, whoop. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my I God. I did like two thirds of the way down, but then all of a sudden there's a bunch of shit. Okay, let's look at this next one to make sure. Just quick, quick side note. I wrote a short story in 
uh, college about a <coughs> boy who thought he was a, a werewolf. Oh, um, and oh. The, the the way that the class was structured is that like you. Uh, uh, handed in a copy to the professor and they read it and said like we'll be discussing Patrick's story in class and then had you like reproduce it for everyone um, and I when he was like we're going to do Patrick's story <laughs> Peter is a werewolf um, I rewrote the ending for half of them so that he actually turned into a werewolf at the end and like ate his friends oh my so, gosh <laughs> so the class was split 50-50 between people who like was just you know like a normal story of you thought there was something magical about you and it turns out you know nothing special and then the other half where he, <laughs> He thought he was a werewolf and he destroyed his friends. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up. Um, and it was a great like 10 minute conversation, 10, 15 minute conversation about the story before people started like flipping to the back to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> You're so tricky. Yeah. That's very funny. That's a very, very good time. Funny. Okay. We're going to start the music on the hill. Sylvia Seltine ate her breakfast in the morning room at Yesney with a pleasant sense of ultimate victory, such as a fervent iron side might have permitted herself on the morrow of Worcester fight. Huh? Okay. <laughs> I didn't get the morrow part, but I get the rest of it. She was scarcely pugnacious by temperament, but belonged to that more successful class of fighters who are pugnacious by circumstance. Fate had willed that her life should be occupied with a series of small struggles, usually with the odds slightly against her, and usually she had just managed to come through winning. And now she felt that she had brought her hardest and certainly her most important struggle to a successful issue. To have married Mortimer, Mortimer Seltoon. Mortimer Seltoon? No. Are you kidding me? Dead Mortimer, as his more intimate enemies called him, uh -huh. in the teeth of the cold <laughs> hostility of his family. Take the two man's back. <laughs> and in spite of his unaffected dis indifference to women, was indeed an achievement that he had needed some determination and adroitness to carry through. Yesterday, she had brought her victory to its concluding stage by wrenching her husband away from town and its group of satellite watering places and settling him down in the vocabulary of her kind in this remote woodgirt manor farm that which was his country house. You must never let Mortimer to go. Let's try that again. <laughs> Take two. You will never get Mortimer to go, his mother had said carpingly. But if he what once goes... Carp. <laughs> what is a carpingly? But if he once goes, he'll stay. Yes, and he throws almost as much a spell over him as town does. One can... Uh -huh. un <laughs> okay. <laughs> this woman is... <laughs> lost her mind. She's so carpish. Like, uh-oh. Mama had a stroke. <laughs> <Her laughs> sentence again. One can understand what holds him to town, but Yesney and the dowager had shrugged her shoulders. Oh, is Yesney Yesney a location, is a bar? What is Yesney? Yesney is Yesney is the pugnacious woman, right? Wait, no, Yesney is the house. Mm. Okay, is the is the farmhouse? Okay, there was a somber, almost savage wildness about Yesney that was certainly not likely to appeal to townbred tastes. And Sylvia, notwithstanding her name, was accustomed to nothing more sylvan than leafy Kensington. She looked on the country as something excellent and wholesome in its way, which was apt to become troublesome if you had encouraged it overmuch. <laughs> Distrust of town life had been a new thing with her. It's not even city life. It's town, <laughs> town, town life. life. Times have town changed, life. man. <laughs> Born of her marriage with Mortimer, and she had watched with satisfaction the gradual fading of what she called the German street look in his eyes, as the mm. woods and heather of Yesney had closed in on them yesternight. Her willpower and strategy had prevailed. Mortimer would stay. 
Outside the morning room windows was a triangular slope of turf, which the indulgent might call a lawn, and beyond its low edge. <laughs> if you were being truly generous, <laughs> one might call it a lawn, but uh, it's really more of a patch. I prefer triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and beyond its low hedge of neglected fuchsia bushes, a steeper slope of heather and bracken dropped down into cavernous combs undergrown with oak and yew. In its wild open yeah. savagery. In its wild open savagery, there seemed a stealthy linking of the joy of life with the terror of unseen things. Sylvia smiled complacently as she gazed. She's like, la la la. Unknown thing. Smiling complacently. As she gazed with a school of art appreciation at the landscape. Know your place, Sylvia. A school of art appreciation? Oh, man. And then of a sudden, she almost shuddered. It is very wild, she said to Mortimer, who had joined her. One could almost think that in such a place, the worship of Pan had never quite died out. <laughs> and they laughed as the boring people they were. <laughs> the worship of Pan never has died out, said Mortimer. Said old dead Mortimer. <laughs> what is Mortimer doing in town? <laughs> Seriously. Worshipping Pan. Worshipping Pan. Maybe his voice is like, other newer gods have drawn aside his votaries from time to time, but he is the nature god to whom all must come back at last. He has been called the father He's of like all the gods. like a weakened Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> but most his children have been stillborn. <laughs> That's what he is. Deathbed Bill Clinton is what he is. <laughs> DBBC. <laughs> Sylvia was religious in an honest, vaguely devotional kind of way <laughs> and did not like to hear her beliefs spoken of as mere aftergrowths but it was at least something new and hopeful to hear dead Mortimer speak with such energy and conviction on any subject oh my god you don't really believe in Pan she asked incredulously I've been a fool in most things oh said Mortimer quietly but I'm not such a fool as not to believe in Pan when I'm down here <laughs> wait 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 so he only believes in Pan when he's down there so but wait he's the one who said the thing about Pan yeah yeah okay I got confused I thought it was her no no no, no he said she's okay. all she's, she's all, all yeah she's devout she's like what the okay, fuck you believe okay. in Pan yes and she's like what the fuck you're offending my sense of God yes and he's like, uh, and if you're wise, you we won't. We slaves. We're on our governor's mansion from the local prison. <laughs> and if you're wise, you won't disbelieve in him too boastfully while you're in his country. It was not till a week later when <laughs> Sylvia had exhausted the attractions. Every time it's your voice again, I'm like, what? <laughs> It's such a jarring turn back into a lively Kelly. <laughs> lively Kelly. Um, when Sylvia had exhausted the attractions of the woodland walks round Yesney, that she ventured on a tour of inspection of the farm buildings. A farmyard suggested in her mind a scene of cheerful bustle, with the churns and flails and smiling dairymaids and teams of horses drinking knee-deep in duck-crowded ponds. 
As she wandered among the gaunt gray buildings of Yesney Manor Farm, her first impression was one of crushing stillness and desolation. Mm. As though she had happened on some lone, deserted homestead long given over to owls and cobwebs. Then came a sense of furtive, watchful hostility. The same shadow of unseen things that seemed to lurk in the wooded combs and coppices. Do you guys have a bead on this story yet? Like, what's happening? Where's this going? I think some weird... I like think there's baby a naked gods. boy. Yeah, in there's oh, gonna be a naked a, boy. Just the last story again. He's gonna, but he'll yeah. be like sprightly and fun. Oh, okay. Maybe, but maybe he'll be evil. I don't I'm, know. I'm just saying we're pretty deep into the story, and we have not met the tempting young boy yet. <laughs> Pan, he's coming. A, a satyr. Pan, I believe a in Pan when I'm here. <laughs> you do best to not disbelieve too strongly. <laughs> From behind heavy doors and shuttered windows came the restless stamp of hoof or rasp of chain halter, and at times a muffled bellow from some stalled beast. Mm. From a distant comer, comer, a shaggy dog watched her with intent, unfriendly eyes as she drew Voiced near. By Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> as she drew near, it slipped quietly into its kennel and slipped out again as noiselessly when she had passed by. A few hens questing for food under a rick stole away under a gate at her approach. All these animals driving not like all her. the animals get away. <laughs> so the yeah, this is the animals retreating again. Yeah, uh. she, except she's the evil thing. Maybe she's evil. Oh, I mean, she's evil because she keeps bringing her husband back from the town where he is almost certainly cavorting with beautiful young men. Yeah, and, and she's back take... from the dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead Mortimer. <laughs> dead Mortimer. It's kind of fucked up. She calls him that. <laughs> Everybody calls him that. Apparently. <laughs> It was like his enemies called her that. Dead Mortimer! Dead Mortimer! <laughs> Sylvia felt that if she had come across any human beings in this wilderness of barn and byre, they would have fled wraith-like from her gaze. At last, turning a corner quickly, she came upon a living thing that did not fly from her. A stretch in a pool of mud was an enormous sow, gigantic beyond the town woman's wildest computation <laughs> of swine flesh. Oh, no. Oh, God. Wow. And speedily alert to... Resent and, if necessary, repel the unwanted. <gasps> Is she about intrusion? to get charged no, no, no. by a sow? She's about to have a miscarriage. Oh God! It was Sylvia's turn to make an unobtrusive retreat. As she threaded her way past rickyards and cowsheds and long blank walls, she started suddenly at a strange sound: <gasps> the echo of a boy's laughter. Jan, the only boy employed employed on the farm. A toe-headed, wizen-faced yokel. <laughs> okay, wow, that was a that was a roller coaster. <laughs> I was like, what does he look like? <laughs> Corn silk hair and an old fucking face, <laughs> and a fucking couple of two buck teeth in his mouth. Going yolk, <laughs> wearing just a pair of overalls, yeah. <laughs> sucking on a thing of wheat. Just sucking on that. Just wheat. sucking on that wheat. <laughs> Wizen-faced yokel was visibly at work on a potato clearing halfway up the nearest hillside, and Mortimer, when questioned, knew of no other probable or possible begetter of the hidden mockery that had ambushed Sylvia's retreat. The memory of that untraceable echo was added to her other impressions of a furtive, sinister something that hung around Yesney. Of Mortimer, she saw very little. Farm and woods and trout streams seemed to swallow him up from dawn till dusk. He is avoiding the shit out of her. He's like, oh, 
a grass, um, oh. a tree. He's obviously Al so diverting. near death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grass, a tree. <laughs> tree. I love it out in nature. <laughs> it is where I will return shortly. <laughs> Maybe someday I will be a great naturalist. <laughs> But not much of a talker. (laughs) (laughs) Once following the directions she had seen him take in the morning, she came to an open space in a nut copse, further shut in by a huge yew trees in the center of which stood a stone pedestal. (laughs) Surmounted by a small bronze figure of a youthful pan. Oh my fucking God. Fuck. It was a beautiful piece of workmanship. But her attention was chiefly held by the fact that a newly cut bunch of grapes had been placed at a, as an offering at its feet. Is he fucking worshipping Pan out there? I think he's worshipping Pan. Is he, Deathbed he Bill Clinton a mm-hmm. Pan worshipper? He said he believes in Pan, He's like, right? He and said, when he's down he, there, he and does. And he was like, bitch, don't mock my God. Bitch, yeah, don't he, mock my God. <laughs> and she was like, I don't know how you can believe in Pan when we have God. He's <laughs> like... I'm going to go taunt this cow for those grapes. (laughs) Grapes were none too plentiful at the manor house, and Sylvia snatched the bunch angrily from the (gasps) pedestal. Whoa. You do not want to do that, bitch. What is she doing? She's like, I want to eat these grapes. You don't know what those grapes, like what the situation with them is. Like, leave them. Yeah, also, who knows how long they've been sitting out there? She's like, they're fresh. And it's like, do you know that? Yeah, you don't know. She's like, how come you get grapes? I don't. Pan, pan. I want grapes. Pan share your grapes. <laughs> Pan share those grapes. Contemptuous annoyance dominated her thoughts as oh, she strolled God. slowly homeward and then gave way to a sharp feeling of something that was very near fright. Across a thick tangle of undergrowth, a boy's face was scowling at her. <laughs> oh, that's so creepy. Brown and beautiful with unutterably evil eyes. Is it the same fucking boy? What the fuck it's the same on? boy. Unutterably evil. That's yeah. great. Oh, that's so cool. It was a lonely pathway. All pathways around Yesney were lonely for the matter of that. And she sped forward without waiting to give a closer scrutiny to the sudden apparition. It was not till she had reached the house that she discovered that she had dropped the bunch of grapes in her flight. Mm-hmm. I saw a youth in the wood today, she told Mortimer <laughs> that evening, brown-faced and rather handsome, but a scoundrel to look at. A gypsy lad, I suppose. Rude. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. That's fucking racist. Don't say that. Yeah, word, you girl. can't say that now. A reasonable theory, said Mortimer. <laughs> I love how much you're doing this. I love this. Only there aren't any gypsies in these parts at present. Then who was he? asked Sylvia. And as Mortimer appeared to have no theory of his own, she passed on to recount her finding of the votive offering. I suppose it was your doing, she observed. It is a harmless piece of lunacy, but people would think you dreadfully silly if they knew of it. Did you meddle Rude. with it in any way? Oh, no. Oh. Asked she Mortimer. meddled. I I threw the grapes away. It seemed so silly. What a fucking dude. That is so fucking mean. And also she's like, she did take the grapes. That was very purposeful. But yeah. then she just like dropped them when she ran away in terror. Yeah. She's like, she's lying. She's lying. Yeah. She's lying. She was embarrassed. She's embarrassed. She doesn't want to say I yeah. got spooked and just ran and dropped. Yeah, she was the like, grapes. I saw some evil eyes and I split also how did she describe uh the the sacrifice that he left as harmlessly ludicrous or something like that a harmless piece of lunacy lunacy. can you imagine if someone said said of something that you were doing that it was a harmless piece of lunacy Ugh, like you fucking patronizing bitch (laughs) out the door yeah door with you sylvia doors open 
said Sylvia, watching Mortimer's impassive face for a sign of annoyance. He was so dead, his face didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't think you were wise to do that. <laughs> oh, shit. He said reflectively. <laughs> That's scary when he says it like that. <laughs> I've heard it said that the wood gods are rather horrible to those who molest them. Oh, interesting use oh, of that word. <laughs> I, think, I think he just means bother. Yeah, I think he just means bother. I think he just means bother. Oh, interesting use of that word. <laughs> Horrible, perhaps, to those that believe in them. But you see, I don't, retorted Sylvia. Why is she being so mean? La, 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 la. <laughs> you I can't play touch me. <laughs> She's just too busy smiling complacently. <laughs> yeah. La, la, la. <laughs> All the same, said Mortimer in his even, dispassionate tone. Oh. I should avoid the woods and orchards if I were you and give a wide berth to the horned beasts on the farm. Oh, shit. Oh, he just cursed her. He just cursed cursed her. her. He's cursing her. He like threw like chicken bones at her. He just let her know about the curse that she'd already put on herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's true. He's like, your fate's sealed. Like, well, bitch, expect to see some horned beasts. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, if it happens, I won't be I'm surprised. I won't be surprised. <laughs> it was all nonsense, of course, but in that lonely wood girt, spot nonsense seemed able to rear a bastard brood of uneasiness. Oh, oh man. Okay. Bastard brood. Ooh, what a sentence. Mortimer, said Sylvia suddenly, <laughs> I think we will go back to town sometime soon. <laughs> She's like, let's get the fuck out of Yasni. I think. It's time for a move. Uh, here's an idea I am having apropos. <laughs> Let's go back to town. Her victory had, had not been so complete as she had supposed. It, it had carried her onto ground that she was already anxious to quit. Oh. I don't think you will ever go back to town. Oh, oh shit. That is Whoa. Oh, sinister, shit. Mortimer. He seemed to be paraphrasing his mother's prediction as to himself. Uh, oh wait, his mom said something about how, how he doesn't want to leave. Doesn't want to leave. Oh right, exactly. The mom was like, "Well, well now that you've got him to yes, and he's not going to want to leave." Sure, he's a uh, 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 he doesn't. He's when he's an object at rest, he stays at yes. rest. Yes. When in motion, what's the word I'm looking for here? He's entropy. Newtonian. <laughs> yes, Newtonian. He's Newtonian. Physics. That's what I'm he saying. He obeys Newtonian, Newtonian physics. <laughs> Ah, Newtonian physics. Oh, I meant he's non-Euclidean oh. is what I meant. He's, he's rather like a young Newton. <laughs> but old, very old, very dead. <laughs> old, very old, very uh, Southern, very presidential. <clears throat> Sylvia noted with dissatisfaction and, some, and self-contempt that, that the course of her a- next afternoon's ramble took her instinctively clear of the network, the network of woods. As to the horned cattle, Mortimer's warnings was scarcely needed, for she had always regarded them as doubtful neutrality at best. Interesting. She's not paying attention to him saying, like, stay away from horned beasts. If someone ever said, stay away from horned beasts to me, I'd be like, cool, I guess I live inside only. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine next time I would see a horned beast. Uh, This is of the... Of the cow, mm-hmm. uh, her imagination unsexed the most matronly dairy cows and turned them into bulls liable to oh, she's scared. quote mm-hmm. see red unquote, oh. at any moment. The ram who fled in the narrow paddocks below the orchard she had she had adjusted after ample and cautious pro- probation to be a docile temper. Today, however, <clears throat> she decided to leave the docility untested. 
for the unusually tranquil beast was roaming with every sign of restlessness oh, no. from corner to corner of his meadow. Wait, oh, and then shit. the mom got charged by a cow. Remember, not a bull. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. A low, fitful piping. What? As of some reedy flute was oh, coming no. from the depth of a oh, neighboring my. Cor- pan flute. Pan flute. Pan flute. Pan flute. Pan oh, pan flute. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> you, 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 I angered your fake fucking guy. <laughs> I'm like, I, do you want the grapes back? I'll get you the I'll fucking get you grapes. grapes. I don't know I, where that dropped from. I can get it in town. <laughs> uh, you sacrilegious little jerk. Uh, there seemed to be some subtle connection between the animal's restless pacing and the wild music from the wood. <laughs> <laughs> They're singing along. Uh, by the way, Pan is terrible on the flute <laughs> like we call it a pan flute but he's very bad at it he literally just holds it up to like, his face and goes everyone is humoring him he does not know how to play no one wants to anger him he's a god who who would care for another song oh mm, um. i'm fine I'm, oh a ballad then Oh, God. Sylvia turned oh, her God. steps in an upward direction and climbed oh, the heather-clad slopes that Holy stretched in rolling shoulders high oh, above the Seni. Oh, my God. She had left the piping notes behind her, but across the wooded combs at her feet, the wind brought her another kind of music, the straining bay of hounds in full chase. What? They don't have horns. She should be fine. <laughs> Unless it's the boy from the previous story. Oh, my God. Yaseni was just on the outskirts of Devon and Somerset County. Oh, my God. And the hunt and the hunted deer sometimes came that way. Oh no. Sylvia Deer. Deer. Horned. Deer. Horned. Oh my horned. god. Beast. Horned. A beast. stag. She's like, oh my fucking god. Oh my god. Sylvia could presently see a dark body breasting hill after hill. Oh my god. And sinking again and again out of sight as he crossed the combs. While behind him steadily swelled the relentless chorus. What? And she uh-huh. grew ten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He's at the chorus. <laughs> and oh, she, it's like the first chorus. <laughs> he's like everybody now. <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. Everyone's like. <laughs> I'm so tired. She, <laughs> he's like, oh God! I never get tired. I'm immortal. Oh no, it's true. <laughs> Who's ready for an encore? Oh no. I hear suggestions. <laughs> Freebird. <laughs> she grew tense with the excited sympathy that one feels for any hunted thing oh. in whose capture one is not directly interested. You're the capture. Wow, okay. I yeah. mean, hello. Uh, take a look in the mirror. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, take a look at the man in the mirror. <laughs> And at last he broke through the outermost line of oak scrub and fern and stood panting in the open, a fat September stag carrying a well-furnished head. Horns. Oh. <gasps> right? Yes. Okay. No, it has a huge thing of horns. horns. Just like a ton horns. of Beast. fucking horns. It has a bunch of horns. So many horns. His obvious course was to drop down to the brown pools of undercomb and thence make his way towards the red deer's favorite sanctuary, the sea. Oh, my God. To Sylvia's surprise, however, he turned his head to the upland slope no. and came lumbering resolutely onward over the heather. That's where she is. It will be dreadful, she thought. Oh, God. 
The hounds will pull him down under my very eyes. Mm, oh, she's so fucking dumb. But the music happen. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. oh, the music. The, but the music of the pack seemed to have died away for a moment. <laughs> no, that means the hounds are not after <laughs> that deer anymore, <laughs> and that deer <laughs> has <laughs> a straight line to you, girl. Yeah. And in its place, she heard again that wild piping. <laughs> Which rose now on this side, now on that, as though urging the failing stag to a final effort. Sylvia stood well aside from from his path, half hidden in a thick growth of hortle bushes. I don't know. Hortle bushes? I believe it is said hortle bushes. I believe it is squirtle bushes. She's playing Pokemon Go. Yay. And watch him swing s- stiffly upward, his oh flanks dark with sweat, the coarse hair on his neck showing light by contrast. Oh, God. The pipe music shrilled suddenly around her, oh seeming to come God. from the bushes at her very feet. Oh, and my at God. the same moment, the great beast slewed around and bore directly down <gasps> upon her. Oh, my God. In an instant, her pity for the her- hunted animal was changed to wild terror at her own danger. The oh, my th- God. Well, it- Here's the thing. Just now. It could still be pity for the hunted animal. <laughs> it could yeah, be two things. But you are the hunted animal. Yeah. Mm. So you may pity yourself. Mm. The thick heather roots mocked her scrambling efforts at flight, and she looked frantically downward for glimpses of oncoming hounds. The huge antler spikes were within a few yards of her. And oh in God, a flash. Run. What is she doing? In a flash, her numbing fear, she remembered Mortimer's warning. To beware just horned then? beasts on just the farm. Then? This, she is so she had been imagining that her whole walk, and then just then she uh, remembers it again. She's like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, now I get it. Oh. It's just more bad detective the work. The thing yeah. I was scared of earlier, I'm scared of again. <laughs> Still scared. <laughs> and then with a quick throb of joy, she saw that she was not alone. A human figure no, stood a few boy. paces aside, knee deep, in the hortle bushes. Oh, God, those fucking hortle bushes. Oh, God. Drive it off, she shrieked. <laughs> you the, stupid boy. <laughs> but the figure made no answering movement. Oh, my God. The antlers drove straight into her breast. What? The acrid smell <gasps> of hunted animal was in her nostrils. But it was her. But her eyes were filled with the horror of something she she saw other than her oncoming death. What? And in her a ears. Bunch of grapes. What? Oh my God. And in her ears rang the echo of a boy's laughter, <gasps> golden and equivocal. Holy fuck. Oh my God. My hands are sweaty. Mine are too. Don't I cross pan. Wipe, I just wiped my hands on my hands. I'm not even sweating about palms. it. Um, holy crap. This guy wrote a lot from his life. Yeah, a lot. Yes. Yeah, we got a closeted gay story, and we got a, a large got a mammal m- plowing m- down a lady. M- yeah, m- oh, he's, he's fascinated with creatures. Holy crap! <sighs> I liked those. those. Were good stories. I, I liked good stories. Those. I think that second one was great. I think the first one was pretty good too. Yeah, but it there was, was just Vinchiel is such a dumb dumb. Oh, I was so mad at him Vinchiel. all the time. The second one was good. Yeah, yeah, like legit. really fucking mm-hmm. good. Very sinister. Um. <laughs> Um, awesome. Thank you so much for coming and doing the show, Patrick. Guys, yeah. I had so much fun. Always a pleasure. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just those podcasts aforementioned, the same day shipping podcast that we do together. Woo, sweaty with, palm high five. Woo, with previous guests on the show, Ryan Mogi and Colin J. Morris. Um, we 
talk about relationships as they are in fictional things, movies, comic books, TV shows, video games, and generally have a quick funny time about it. Yeah. Uh, and then the Nintendo Cartridge Society podcast that I do, it comes out twice a week. We do one episode about Nintendo news and then another one about a special topic. Um, this week, well, I don't know, I guess a couple weeks by the time <laughs> this comes out. Uh, recently, we ranked the Kongs. We went <laughs> cool. through and said, which of these Kongs is the worst? <laughs> and which that of these Kongs? That is such a Patrick so way to do that. Two names to find out. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, I love NCS. It's a really good podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. Heck and yeah. we're going to get you back on, Kelly. Yay! Yay! That was a really mm-hmm. passive-aggressive way, mostly aggressive, to make you get me back on. It. Uh, I mean, the last aggressive move that you made to try to get on the show was to text me and say, I want to be on NCS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will um, happen. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. And we'll catch you next week. Keep it lit. This has been Public Domain Theater. Saki's Gabriel Ernest and the Music on the Hill. With Lindsay Katai, Kelly Nugent, and Patrick Ellers. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.